Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I saw it in prayer this morning, and then it come back to me. Like, God, why? It's a new day. 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 You know what a revival is? I'll give you a definition, my definition of a revival. It's a righteous revolution. That's what a revival is. It's a righteous revolution. It's where it can be large scale, but personally, there's a revolt. When revival takes place in your heart, there's a revolt that takes place. God Almighty comes in and drives the devil out. That is a righteous revolution taking place. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's what, that's what I think of for revival. Yes, revival can be on a large scale where thousands get saved, and I love that. But there's a revival that takes place in you every time you surrender something to God. A revival takes place right there. When the Bible talks about the, the train of his temple, of the king filling the temple, that means that train is so large, and the reason it's large is because every time he won a victory, this is in the natural, every time they would win a victory, they would cut their, the defeated foes, the tail of his robe off, and sew it onto theirs. It indicated, I win. You're behind me now. So for us, every time we surrender something to him, we surrender fear, we surrender whatever holds us back, he cuts that tail off the devil. He cuts that tail off the devil, and he sews it onto the back of his robe, and he walks into that place. Yeah. And he walks in. 
and says, look, devil. Uh, that fear you tormented them with, look where it is now. It's on the tail of my robe. That's what revival is. I hear lately, I've, I've, I love that name, Emmanuel. God with us. We don't, I don't have the full understanding. That, that is so big, I don't even have, I don't even know how to come explain it. God lives in me. The creator of all things, the one who was and is and is to come, lives in me. That's big. That's real big. I got a revelation this morning on being an ambassador. I was looking at Facebook. Just I just scrolled through and I saw where somebody I don't can't remember their name posted something about an ambassador. They said we are an ambassador of strength. And when I read that, it hit me. We think the Bible says we are ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors of Jesus. It means we represent Him. When I read that, my mind just started just running. I am an ambassador of His strength. I am an ambassador of His healing. I am an ambassador of, ambassador of His glory. I am an ambassador of His peace. I am an ambassador of His salvation. I am an ambassador of His provision. As far as you want to carry it. Because an ambassador represents who they're under. So that, that is, to be an ambassador is, for Jesus, is endless. It is endless. To be an ambassador of his word. His word is inexhaustible. Be an ambassador of his glory. Hallelujah. An ambassador of his glory. That's where all, everything is met. Every need is met. Everything is taken care of. And you need an answer. That's where it's found at. In the glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's not even in my notes. I hadn't even got there yet. Hallelujah. I'm standing low. I've seen it, so I'm going to tell it. I was over here in prayer, and I saw something, and then I've seen it a couple of times when I'm up here. I see it with my eyes closed. You know how you see things like that? I saw angels up in here. I couldn't make out details, but I could tell there were spirit beings right up here, and one of them had a trumpet. Right up, right up in there, pointed this way. <laughs> really? 
Well, they were here. I saw them. They just down that whole side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word I got this morning, the title of it is Increase. Increase. It says, you have anointed me for increase. God has anointed us for increase. Hallelujah. Let's go to Genesis. Chapter 1. Verse 28. God is the God of increase. You know, he spoke the world into existence and the universe, they tell us, is still expanding from the voice of God. He hasn't told it to quit. <laughs> it's still, he put it into me, he said, I don't know what, what word he used, but he spoke it into existence, and they say it is still expanding. And it will expand from now on until God says, okay, stop right there. At the speed of light. Hallelujah. That's pretty fast. Expanding at the speed of light. Genesis 1, 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. And God blessed. All of those words are increase. If something is fruitful, it increased. If it multiplied, it increased. If it's replenished, it's increased. If you subdue something, you just increased. If you take dominion over something, you increased in that area. Every one of them, it's increase. Increase. If you take dominion over something, you just increased in that area. Hallelujah. See, when God blessed Adam and Eve he released his power to succeed that's what blessing is when we bless something we're releasing the power to overcome the power to succeed that's what God does he released Adam and Eve it says be fruitful be fruitful he sent his word and said be fruitful there are no excuses found in that scripture for not being fruitful for not multiplying not replenishing, not subduing, and not having dominion. God put no excuse in there. 
He put no exception in there. He just said, be this right here. Be that. When God speaks a word, he does not attach failure to it in any form or fashion. He doesn't even factor in our stupidity. He doesn't even factor in our rebellion. Because that doesn't mean anything to him. His word stands alone. If he said be, then that's what he expects. He expects us to be. He don't expect me to come up and say, well, God, I would be if I was born into a better family. I would be if I wasn't afraid. I would be if I had a better education. You don't find that. He just says simply, you be. You, you be what I told you to be. See, when God gives a command, to me, that's a command. That's not a suggestion. It's a command. He says, be. Be fruitful. When God gives a command, it's set in stone. It's set in stone. It's set on the rock of Jesus. So it is set in stone. It is firm. It is immovable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, revival has a sound. Change. And I'm not talking about the change that rattles in her pocket. Change has a sound. Abundant life has a sound. Increase has a sound. You know what the sound is? It's the voice of God. That's the sound. That's the sound that brings forth revival. That's the sound that brings forth increase. That's the sound that brings forth change. <laughs> That's the sound that brings forth abundant life. It's the voice of God. That one scripture right there, Genesis 1, 28, tells us that God's original intent for man was to increase. He intended man to increase from the very beginning when he created him. We got to grab that. God's original intent was for man to increase. I, list, I heard Jensen Franklin, it's been a good while back, but he said, Jesus didn't just die for your forgiveness. He died to set you free. Sometimes we think he just died to save our soul, but Jesus died to set us free. 
And I'm not talking about being free when we're raptured. I'm talking about free now. Free from sin, free from sickness, free from lack, free from torment, free from depression, free from loneliness, free from whatever has us bound, free from generational curses. You, free from doubt. You can say the curse stops here. You know, they like to say that the buck stops here. How about the curse stops here? That generational curse that's in, in some of our families stops here. I'm just seeing it. I had a, there was a generational curse in my family of fear of man. It's broke with me. The reason, the reason I'll say it, say it was in my family, my, it's broken it, some in my daddy now, but used to, my daddy wouldn't say the blessing around the table with just my mama and the kids. One of the kids would do it. And he sure wouldn't do it in a family gathering. He does it now. He'll sit down and say the blessing before somebody else gets a chance to. That's a generational thing. Tried to pass to my son, you know, the fear of standing in front of people. But it broke here. And now he stands in front of people and teaches. Hallelujah. The generational curses can stop with you. Hallelujah. See, we are free when it says that the, who the Son sets free is free indeed. That means you're free. Amen. That's not, I'm almost free. I am free, period. Yes. A few years ago, it would have been a major battle for me to tie this thing around my head and stand in front of people. <laughs> Especially on a Sunday morning, knowing it's being videoed. No, uh-uh. God would have to. Somebody would have to say, God said. I've done forgot that it's up there until just then. <laughs> we are free to live in the kingdom realm. Where the natural laws don't apply. We are free to live in the realm where we step out on a word from God and walk on water. Peter did. He was a fisherman. We are free to live in the realm where you feed 15,000 people with five loaves and two fish. That is stepping into the spirit realm that is stepping into the kingdom realm 
sinfulness. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Ezekiel, I think it was Ezekiel, prophesied to dry bones. And he didn't have the Holy Ghost inside. He had the Holy Ghost would come on him. But he prophesied to dry bones. And they lived. That's not just a, just a nice fairy tale story. That is an actual fact. That is the truth. He stepped outside of the natural realm into the spirit realm. Matthew 6, verse 10. Chapter 6, verse 10. This is Jesus. They asked him about praying, and he said, After this manner, verse 9, Pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom righteousness joy and peace in the holy ghost that's what it's what the kingdom is you find that in romans the kingdom of god is righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven he spoke his will to adam and eve in the very beginning be fruitful and multiply that is the kingdom will when he says, thy will be done, that is the will of God. For us to be fruitful. For us to multiply. For us to increase. We are to increase God's kingdom authority upon the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what an ambassador does. We increase God's kingdom authority. And the only way we can increase his kingdom authority is to step out and take authority. The devil's not going to give us authority. He's not going to give his up. But we take it from him. We have the right to. Matthew 28 We're talking about increase. I'll show you increase what Jesus said. Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations. Go ye, and make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples. That's taking authority. That's increase. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. In other words, it's my job to impart what I have of the kingdom into somebody else so they can go impart that into somebody else so they can go and impart that into somebody else. It's never ending. That is the principle of seed time and harvest. Sow, reap, sow, reap, sow, reap, sow, reap, sow, reap. That is the principle. What about Psalms 2, verse 8? It says, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. That's increase. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 2.8. When you get there, Benny. Psalms 2.8. It says, God said, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen. That's another one of those verses where God didn't make any excuses. He didn't say, ask of me and I'll give you those that, that are, their hearts are pretty good. They're not too hard. I'll give them to you. No, he just simply says, ask and I'll give them to you. That's everyone. It's like the lady that we've been listening to said, that's from the White House to the crack house and everywhere in between. There are no exceptions to that scripture right there. You look at people and you think, well, they're, and they're, a, they're a rough character. What can God do with them? Anything he wants. Anything he wants. Hallelujah. My whole perception of things is changing. Since we've been studying this, it's like God can do anything he wants. There, there is no one too hard for him. He says, I'll give you their heathen for, your, for thine inheritance. I think of my family when I think of that. For my inheritance. You know, because they're, they're my close that's my family, not just my family, but the area that I live in. That's the Crossed area. That's, that's, that's who I think of in that first part of that scripture. But then it says, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. In other words, God says you can have, you can have someone off over in China if you want them for your inheritance. That's what he said. Find the farthest place from Crossit. And if there's a person living on that spot on the other side of the world, he says you can have them if you want them. That's the uttermost part of the earth. 
He says, I'll give them to you. Yeah, we got a part to play in it. Hallelujah. We have a part to play. God told me here a while back, he says, says he doesn't have excuses. He only has solutions. God only has solutions. It doesn't matter how big your circumstance is. It doesn't matter how, none of that matters. God only has solutions. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There is no excuse in I am the way. He didn't say I am the way sometime. He said I am the way. I'm it. I'm it. I am the way. You got a problem? I'm the way. I have a solution for that problem. I was trying to write the word solution and I put an extra letter in it. I put solution. Solution. <laughs> Jesus is the solution for our soul. He is my solution. <laughs> Got a new word for the dictionary. He is my solution. In other words, he is the fixer of my soul. He always has an answer for my soul. Always. <laughs> he is my solution. <laughs> yes, he just increased the dictionary, Pastor Tim said. People can add all these other weird words in there. We can add one. He is my solution. He is the solution to my soul. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you are my solution, God. All of those folks that we think are so hard, God is their solution. He's the one that can touch their soul. He's the one that can reach down in there and get all that junk out. You know, Transformers came out years ago. God is the ultimate transformer. He reached down in there and yanked all that stuff out. And when he gets done, you don't look nothing like, you don't look like a car no more. <laughs> He yank all of that stuff out, and by the time he gets through with you, it's like, who is that person? That's what he does. He is the solution. Hallelujah. We trust you, God. If you're out there watching, 
and you got a problem in your soul, Jesus is your solution. All you got to do is surrender your life to him. Let him take all that junk out of you. Just lay it on his altar. Get before him and cry out to him. And he will set you free from all of that mess. Hallelujah. He will be your solution. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What I want us to see today is that God is a God of increase. And he makes no excuses for it. He said, I want you to increase. And he does not make an excuse. He does not make an excuse for us not increasing. Psalms 23.1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's a bold statement. The Lord is my shepherd. David said that I shall not want. Any area of our life that we have want in, the Lord is not the shepherd completely. We may have allowed him to be the shepherd to some degree, or we may not have allowed him to be the shepherd at all. But if there is want in there, then he is not fully the shepherd in that area. Because that, that scripture right there says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not. So that makes me have to take a look. Okay, God, I've got some, I've got some want right here. There's something I need to surrender then. Because I shouldn't have any want right here if you're the shepherd of it. Hallelujah. But when it says, I shall not want, that doesn't mean that there's lack of circumstances. Because you can read on down through those scriptures. And it talks about sitting at the table with the enemies round about you. Yeah, there's going to be enemies. We're always going to have an enemy. As long as we're on planet earth. But I don't have to have want in the presence of my enemies. I don't have to have want. Hallelujah. God always makes a way out. He makes a way out. He makes a way over or he makes a way through. That's his choice. We have to step into his choice. Say the requirement I was talking about mentioned a while ago for stepping into increase is we hear God and then we do. We have to hear and do. It's not enough to hear. We have to hear and do. We know the story of Naaman. He was captain of somebody's army. I don't know whose army. Anyway, he went to Elisha the prophet because Naaman had leprosy. He went to Elisha the prophet. Naaman was a well-known man. He, was, he had some stature. The man of God didn't even come out and see him. That was an insult to him already. 
that the man of God didn't even come out. He just sent, it, sent his servant out and told him, said, go dip in the Jordan seven times. Naaman got furious. He was fussing and complaining. Then one of his servants says, talk to him about it, and he agreed to go dip. Because he could say, the rivers where I live are cleaner than this river, and you want me to go dip in this nasty river? But after his servant talked to him a little bit, he went and dipped in the river seven times and come up clean. See, the cleaning was not, the cleansing was not in the river. It was in the obedience to the word of God. That's where the increase came. The increase came. Yeah, I think getting leprosy wiped off of you, that's some increase. <laughs> the increase came from him being obedient to the word. How about John 2, where it talks about the first miracle Jesus did. He turned water into wine. Jesus' mother says, y'all do what he says. That's, what she, that's in the word. It says, do what he tells you to do. That's what he, she told the servant. She said, y'all do what he says. So Jesus told them, said, fill the water pots up with water. You know, they need wine. They fill the water pots up with water. Jesus, it, Jesus didn't even pray over it. If, it did, if he did, it's not recorded. He just said, fill it up with water. And then he says, now dip some out and take it to the governor. Uh, we fix and dip out some water and take it to the governor. And he's going to think it's wine. Sometimes what God tells us to do does not make sense with our natural mind. Dipping a nasty river to cure leprosy. Dip into a water pot and take it to the governor and serve it to him as wine. How about the man with the withered hand? Jesus, what did Jesus tell him? Let me lay hands on you and I'm going to pray for you. No. He said, stretch your hand out. Do you not think that man had tried to stretch his hand out by himself? You know he had. You know he had done stretched it out, pulled on it and everything, had his buddies pull on it. But Jesus tells, tells a man with a withered hand, uh, just stretch it out. Makes no sense to our, to our natural mind. But Jesus was speaking from the kingdom perspective. Hear and do. The man heard, the man did. His arm stretched out. Hallelujah. How about the man that laid at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years? Laid on his bed because he couldn't get up and walk. What does Jesus do? Walks up to him and says, get up, take your bed and go. You think he hadn't already tried to get up and take his bed? But he heard the word of Jesus and did what he said.
The word has to go past our natural mind. The Bible is full of those kind of things. How about Isaac? God told him where to live. It's in Genesis. Told him where to live. Says, I want you to live here. There was a famine in the land. God says, I want you to live. Move from here to over here. And I'm going to bless you over here. Still in the famine. Isaac went. Sowed where, he was, where God told him to sow. Reaped a hundredfold. Increased to the point that the Philistines told him, said, we need you to leave. You're becoming too great in the famine. Famine does not affect God. When he said, I will bless you there, what he said to Isaac was, I will release my power for you to succeed. Right there. That's what he told him. Hallelujah. We hear God and we do what he says. We have a tendency where people do, God's going to bless me, and then we go sit. Or we do something real easy. Type amen three times, God's going to bless you. Yeah. Send this to ten of your friends. God's going to bless you. That's not in the word. Not in the word. It's hear God, do what he says. Deuteronomy 28, God says, I will bless the work of your hands. In other words, I got to do something. Pastor Tim will go out there to the mill and just sit down. And don't put his hands on anything. He's not going to stay there very long. He's not going to be blessed. That's in the natural. Psalms 1, 1 and 3. Let's look at that one. I want us to get the idea, or get the revelation that God wants his people blessed. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. When we sit in the seat of the scornful, when we walk in ungodly counsel, what is ungodly counsel? I can't. If you're around people that's always telling you you can't, that's ungodly counsel. You got a dream and they say you can't do that. Ungodly counsel. You're not qualified to do that ungodly counsel 
God says, blessed is the man that doesn't listen to that. Blessed is the man that stays connected to God. Blessed is the man that when he puts his hand to something, it prospers because he pays attention and listens to God. That's how he's blessed. Talking about famine a while ago. That scripture is talking about famine in the land, in the natural, where the ground is dry, no rain. What's famine in our life? Famine in my life was fear. It kept me from the things of God. It made me dry and desolate. It can be lack of education. It can be lack of ability. It can be where you live. It can be how you act or how your family acts. It can be where you work. All of those can be famine. We can view them as famine. But a word from God overrides famine. God is a God of increase without excuses. John 4. I'm about, to, about done. John chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus said, he was talking to the woman at the well, he says, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well, shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That's a well of expansion. That's a well of increase. All right, let's go to John 7, verse 38. says, he that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, but this he spake of the Spirit. The living water that flows out of us that brings increase is the Holy Spirit. It's the voice of God. The Holy Spirit is the voice of God. Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit don't even speak of himself. He speaks what God says. He speaks what God says. So God's word coupled with our obedience brings increase. We got to realize that that well that's in us, we got to tap into that well. We got to let that junk that that well push the junk out. It pushes the doubt out. It pushes the unbelief out. It pushes fear out. That way we can hear when that well bubbles up, we can hear that and do that. And that brings increase. That's how we increase. That's how when you go out to minister to somebody you let that well bubble up and that's what's ministering it's not you even ministering 
It's not you. It's the Holy Ghost coming up and bubbling out and ministering. And yeah, it takes some practice. It takes some stepping out. We talked to a lady the other day at, at a restaurant. I saw a tattoo on her arm, and, I, and it's like, I just knew. So I got to say something, got to say something. You know, she come back to our table two or three times, got to say something, got to say something. Did I say the right things? No. I tempted. <laughs> but you got to let that well, got to let that well bubble up. And that well will do the work. That word of God will not return void. So if you want to, that well stirred up in you, I'll pray for you this morning. You can come down. And they'll just, where that well will just push all that doubt out, all that fear out. This is not just about souls. Increase is not just about souls. It is about souls. But increase is in every area of your life. Hallelujah. I don't know what that was. Hallelujah. It's about every area of your life. We could all stand a little increase in our finances. I could stand some in mine. I'd like to have a lot of increase in mine. <laughs> Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.